Um, so how are you, man? How's your day been? Uh, it's good. Um, just teaching and uh, got home not that long ago, so pretty good so far. Almost good, good, over, good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Another, another day over, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, my day was okay. Uh, nothing too crazy. Um, just, you know, take it a one day at a time. And um, just, yeah, man, um, just trying to prep for a lot of things. But, yeah, we're good. We're good. So uh, my question to you, you know, for, for the audience, um, how did this all start for you as far as poetry and um, bone mission and everything? How did it all start for you? Uh, well, I mean, I always have, like, uh, from a young age, probably, I started probably, like, in middle school. I guess I started writing, like, short stories. And then, uh, I and um, well, so like as far as your pieces, like what's the inspiration behind your pieces? Like as far as writing, like is it something like events that you've gone through, or is it just? I know you said it's stuff that just pops up in your head, but does something inspire that to come out of your head like that, or is it just at random? Um, not really. I mean, just whatever I think of. I might have like an idea. I do. I do like a word, and then I'll just so i guess in the meantime would you like to uh read a piece of yours so we can give the audience um an idea of your style of writing uh yeah um i'll read a poem called america uh, this one was published uh, a couple times but it's called uh, america it says america has sunshine i never wanted it has oceans and women that aren't on its mountains it has television sets of sad lies, and sometimes they're on repeat and repeat all over again. It has birds that don't sing my song, and if you're lost, maybe you'll find me too. Ooh, okay, okay, and so um, there's one for you. And tell me, tell, tell to me about that piece. Um, well, it's uh, it's called America, and I just thought it might be interesting to write a poem uh, just about kind of the country, maybe the state that it's in. I thought about uh, like Mount Rushmore, and then I was like, well, there aren't any women on Mount Rushmore. So then I kind of added in like some other kind of image type things. I don't know. <laughs> I really didn't know what I was writing, so I just wrote it, so. Not, but, that makes but sense, though. Yeah, I mean, it's I kind of build around that idea and just kind of see where it goes. No, it makes sense. Make hundred percent sense. So you did mention that you are a um, teacher. Um, talk to me about that as well. Uh, well, I've taught probably almost, I guess, twenty years uh, English primarily. Okay. I teach uh, uh, like a lot of literature stuff like that, but um, you know. Teaching now is especially uh, challenging just because of short attention spans that mm. you're dealing dealing with, you know, teenagers today. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenge, especially get them to, like, read, uh, read uh, anything or just read, you know, like a maybe a text that's a little bit longer. Right. And it's interesting, too, because I know when I was um... – 
when I was in school too, I feel like the the school system was a little bit different back then. Also, um, and it's true what you said about the attention span, because it seems like I think ever since these things, these little phone things came on, now it seems like that's all people care about, right? Because I remember back in the day, you had to go to a library to do research on a book or something, or get the actual book. Now everything's on the tip of your fingers. In a way, I think it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it takes away from a lot of things. But then it also, in one side of the coin, it's like it, it's making people become more lazier in that sense where, okay, no one wants to go to a place and, I guess, uh, connect with one another. That I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, I always uh, I tell my students, I'm like, y'all don't know how like easy and like lucky y'all have it. Yeah. That I, yeah. We used to have to go like bust out the Encyclopedia Britannica and like you're doing a report on whales. You gotta look up you gotta look up whales, you know. Wow. Um, so yeah, they they've got more uh, access to information, but I think a lot of the the um, critical thinking is gone, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I definitely agree with you with that, especially the critical thinking and that was a very big part of when I used to go to school, they were really big on that nowadays, like you said. And it's, oh, man. But in your opinion, why do you think that is besides, like, the obvious with the technology? Why do you think that is, though, in your in your opinion? Well, I think it starts at home. I mean, I grew up, both my parents are, like, avid readers. So if you grow up, like, in that environment, I mean, that's just kind of you learn that. I think that's kind of a, a lost art uh, today. You know, I'm not saying that that's always the case, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it does tie back into technology. I mean, if you can get anything like instantly at your fingertips, then like really reading like a, a book, it doesn't sound too appealing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if I would have grown up like during this time, I would have been more probably interested in the phone and all those type things too. Yeah, no, that, that all makes sense. Uh, why don't you show us like another piece of yours that you can introduce us to? Uh, okay, let me uh, look here, see if I can find one. Uh, um, yeah, here's one. Um, I kind of this one's been published too. It's called Advice for Young Lovers. It says try hate later on after the kids are out of the house or have moved back home from wasted money at state college. Go to a wedding once a year to remember love costs more than a cake in a cross-eyed flower girl. Watch baseball, but go for the National League when in doubt. Adopt a cat that hates you. This will be easy. Read and write poetry, and the worse, the better. It might make you famous so you can keep a minor bird in a cage to cook you scrambled eggs and laugh at your bad jokes. Wow. Okay, I love that. That is awesome. Yo, talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, talk to you about that because that is awesome. I love that. I love that. Like, can you break that down piece by piece? Because that is <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, um, this one again, I just like wrote off the top of my head, um, and I kind of like was thinking about like weddings. I thought, well, it might be interesting to like throw in like a. A flower girl but make her like cross-eyed and then I like baseball so I like to watch I'm a Cubs fan so I watch the National League so I kind of threw that in uh, I'm 
Then uh, just a lot of random kind of imagery and stuff like that. That's kind of the stuff I do. I mean, I'll start writing. And I'll, I'll come up with like an image. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to like throw that in. Um, but like I said, half the time I don't even know like until I get done with a point, kind of how it comes out. So. So why do you tend to choose to write in satire, right? Uh, while some of your followers clearly understand it's satire, many others do not seem to. Um, well, I'm just good at satire. I mean, I can write anything. Uh, a lot of the stuff, I'll just look at a picture of like a politician and I can just write an instant satire. Uh, I enjoy it. and. Uh, Kind of what I did with like Instagram was just satire a lot of the Insta poets, and then it kind of took off from there. But I don't, I don't know. Like some people thought it was like actually real. Some people knew that yeah, this is like satire. So to me, if it's like that's good satire, people can't really right, tell the difference. So yeah. And for those who don't know what satire is, can you like give us a breakdown of that? Well, satire is basically a genre where you make fun of things in a humorous way. Uh, and uh, I don't want to say, say degrading, but, it, you know, a lot of satire is degrading. Society uh, kind of in a humorous way. Or it also points out hypocrisy a lot, which is like what I like to do, like with politicians primarily. So. Right, right. No, yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, so I, I guess my question, because I'm going to transition a little bit now. So as far as um, the bone machine stuff, right, that you and Scott do, like how did you and Scott meet each other? Um, well, we met through a writing thing. I think um, we were both published in a broadside series called 48 Street Press. And... Uh, I had read his poem and then I kind of looked him up and then he had a website, I think at that time, that was, it's been a while ago, but I just kind of emailed him, we got in touch, I said, hey, I liked your poem. And then we kind of just kept in touch from there and then we've become really good friends over the years, so. Speaking of the, so what, what was it about Scott's stuff that, that drew you into it though? And well, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I read, you know, like I can tell kind of what's like a good poem and what isn't. I mean, I'm not, and I I just liked his poems. I thought, well, he's got like some talent, you know. I think you can kind of tell he had some good imagery, and uh, he's he's really uh, he edits his poems really well. A lot of his stuff, he he really thinks it out. I'm kind of the opposite. I don't edit it all. Okay. Like I just write it, and then I'll write the next one. But he, he puts a lot of thought into his word choice, and he has good imagery, and uh, I, I like that. So, yeah, I just read it. I was like, man, this guy's got some talent. So I kind of like to get in touch with people I think are pretty talented. So now, so what is your preferred medium when it comes to chat books and just regular books and stuff like that? Like, are, do you mean like, uh, like do I prefer chat books or just regular books? No, no, so just, just overall, like, like, what is your, like, what source, what place do you prefer to do stuff like that as far as whether it's the open mics, whether it's your, you know, to read books or, um, you know, just, just overall. 
Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't care anything about like performance poetry or like open mics. I would probably never do that. I mean, maybe I should. It might be fun, but I'm not interested in like things like that. To be honest, uh, I would yeah. rather just just rather like write my own stuff, submit it, and get it published. And then I like to do my uh, novels and uh, poetry books uh, as well. But I kind of like just do my own thing. As far as like, oh, it's okay. I'm not, you know, I know Scott, they've gotten kind of big into that open mics and the reading. And uh, I think that, that's cool. I think that's a good, a good venue too, or good outlet uh, for poetry. It's just not really my, like, uh, my thing at all. So, got you, got you. So you're more like, so you're pretty much like a rebel poet. You're more like, you. I, I want to be behind the guy like I'll, I'll here's my piece this is what it is but you're not much of the open mic guy to go on stage and stuff like that is it just something you, you just don't care about it too much is that what it is also yeah i don't i don't i'm not into it like um you know i think it's cool i think what they're doing is really cool and, and uh, it gets people involved but i'm more of a like to do my own thing and write it and put it out there and then uh try to get published in like as much stuff as i can and uh, I, I have been published quite a bit, so I think, you know, that's kind of a lost art as well. I mean, a lot of poets, especially with social media, they're like, they can put their work up instantly and get that reaction. Uh, but, you know, if you actually submit your work to publications, then you may have to wait like six months until you find out if your poem got accepted or whatever. So right. So I got a question though. Yeah, when it comes to sure. like the publishing aspect of it, um, do you think what's more preferred in your in your honest opinion? Do you think it's better to go to an actual publishing place or or, or do you prefer maybe like an indie press type situation? Like, what in your opinion? What do you think is the difference? Like, what's your preferred when it comes to that? What are your opinion on those things? Oh, I think it doesn't matter anymore uh, with the. Technology, anyone can publish a book and it can become a bestseller or they can get their work out there. I mean, the days of uh, basically querying an agent and like waiting, in, you know, a year or six months till you get your rejection are over. Right. That, that's an old, uh, old model. And uh, I have a lot of respect for that, though. I mean, and Scott and I talk about this a lot, too. All that stuff happened really before the advent of really social media or the internet. Yeah. You know, yeah. and because of the internet and social media, it's basically all an even playing field now. So do you have like in the bone machine that you and Scott do, right? What is your most proudest published moment that you've had since creating bone machine with Scott? Well, to be honest, like Scott does pretty much all that stuff. And uh, I think it's kind of cool because it's kind of invite. You know, we don't really have like an open submission uh, thing. It's just more of like kind of stuff that we like and uh, we invite people to, you know, uh, basically publish them, uh, which I think is cool. I mean, uh, with most... Uh, you know, presses or whatever, you kind of have a submission process. But uh, mm. we, we don't really do that as far as, you know, Scott kind of does all that stuff. I've got a, 
uh, I'll have some input on things. He might ask me what I think about this or whatever, but um, he kind of does all that uh, stuff himself. But, um, yeah, I think it's kind of like a little club, kind of an invite type deal. We kind of okay. like this. Okay. We like the stuff that we like, you know. We're, we're, I think now Scott's trying to be a little more open to, uh, you know, getting some more, like, quality work out there. So I think that's kind of what it, what it's about is letting people have a chance to get their work out there that maybe uh, people wouldn't have known about. So. Right. Okay. That's so basically it's like, it. Okay. Okay. So I get what you're saying because you're saying like, you know, like you said too, yeah, because I noticed with the the open submissions, yeah, people have that and anybody could just come in. It's like you said the whole rejection. I'd rather in your case, it's more like it's more controlled because you get to pick and you get to invite who you feel like, hey, I want to check this person out. And then you decide whether or not to publish and stuff like that. So it's like more of a controlled environment pretty much when it comes to the publishing case, right? I know you guys just – um announced i know you guys just announced like uh another launch right i believe it's in november if i'm not mistaken yeah i actually just saw that myself <laughs> so uh scott's kind of <laughs> do, he does all that type stuff up um which is cool i mean i don't to be honest i don't have a lot of time to to do that type of stuff i wish you know i did but uh uh teaching full-time that's pretty much where my focus is during the school year okay so, and because uh, i know yeah and i wanted to ask you like because you, you told me you was teaching english and stuff like that and i guess my question also is when you because you've been doing it for a long time and i guess my question is do you it's not that do you notice the difference but rather what differences have been made from the time let's say when you first started teaching and the way your students used to write and opposed to how students write today like is there a difference if so what would be the major difference between the two uh generations of um i, I don't know how to explain it like as far as the way people write today compared to when you first started like what would be the major difference do you think there was more like everything's just laid back all the time is it something more like everything is um it's just, just like taking you know it's something's taken more seriously compared to how people were like like can you walk me through that yeah yeah i mean um you know i think 2001 was the first year my first year to teach obviously the technology wasn't there so it was pretty much right uh on paper you know and uh a lot of, unfortunately, academic writing, at least uh, in schools, public schools, is very formula-based introduction. Here's your thesis. Then you have to have a next paragraph in this, and you do a conclusion. So it's not really a good outlet for creative writing from that standpoint. But um, I'd say maybe the biggest difference now is, like, these, a lot of the students, they just want to, like, you know, it's all, all digital. They'll they'll write something maybe on the laptop or on a Google Doc, uh, getting them to write. You know, sometimes on like paper or like a traditional essay, uh, a challenge. Uh, but you know, we have to do, do that as well. So yeah, I'm just say it's kind of at least what I've done. It's kind of uh, changed maybe a little bit, but 
maybe not a whole lot. I think it's just more the kids today are just more digital. That's all they like know pretty much. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, I do want to read some of the comments in the audience. Just give me one second. Uh, hold, hold on. Da, 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 da. Uh, one was um, from Alchemist Poetry. He asks um, if he if he has any pets in the classroom. Um, I, I I know why he's saying that because Angela's also a teacher, and um, they have they deal with pets and stuff like this. So that was a question in the audience. No, uh, I, that that would be the last thing I would want in class as a pet. We don't we don't need any more uh, distractions. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that that might work for like elementary kids, maybe. But I deal more in secondary education, so a lot of a lot of the students are too cool for that, or you know, they're kind of in between almost re adulthood around that age. So there's not a whole lot that impresses them i would say so you kind of have to be creative with the things that you do i don't think they would be well they might be into it i probably wouldn't uh like that though no <laughs> I, I mean i don't like pets overall i mean I, I had a cat but um unfortunately my um my son was getting allergic to some of the stuff of the, i guess the dander so we had to just bought to get rid of the pet yeah. but my wife was like uh, like, cause you know, with cats, um, you can't just bring it anywhere unless you call um, animal control. But the only thing is, you have to pay two hundred dollars just for them to come pick up the cat. So that that was kind of a little dramatic situation there. And I'm just like, oh, I felt bad, but it's like, okay, it's needed. But I'm just not really a pet guy. I'm like, I like it from a distance, but to own one, nah, it's not really my thing. Um, Angela was saying that a student of hers brought her a bearded dragon. I'm like, oh, wow. okay. So now it's three freaking lizards. Um, I don't like snakes, so <laughs> I'll have to pass on lizards too. <laughs> but, oh, but we man. do have a lot of rattlesnakes out in West Texas, so Scott could attest. He's been out here several times, so he. Uh, we actually saw like some snakes this summer uh, in New Mexico. So yeah, there there's a lot of snakes out here. A lot of Ah, okay, okay. But I'm, so, um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I'm not a big pet. I mean, I grew up with like dogs. I like dogs, but uh, cats. Uh, cats are pretty cool. I'm just kind of allergic to them, so you know, mm, yeah. I don't like to be around them like too much. So, question: uh, Do you do you like? How do you view as far as like? you being a poet and stuff like that how do you view yourself do you view yourself as an american bad boy of poetry do you like how do you view yourself um i mean i don't know i don't really view myself as anything other than i i just write and so whatever i write that's what it is and then uh, i mean to me like writing is just something i do i mean i have to write so some people have to i don't know drink coffee be like all day so if i don't write like after a little while then i don't feel i mean uh, uh you know i don't want to say right but like i really just write all the time so i mean i literally could write just all day pretty much i could come up with like anything but i think it's also good to uh, take a break too but like as far as writing it's really not that big of a deal for me i, I can write like, 
like I've written a lot of novels and that's those really aren't a problem too. A lot of times I just uh have to, you know, make myself do it, at least with the longer um longer things like novels. So Gotcha. Got you. As far as viewing uh, though, I mean I don't know. I mean I guess maybe there's like a rebel kind of type deal because we kind of do our own thing, I guess. Um, I, I've never been part of like a big poetry community. In fact, I get a lot, a lot of like when I did the satire thing, a lot of hate from that. There was a, a lot of media and stuff about, you know, how, how uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, I guess. But um, that was kind of the point, at least to me, is to make it. Yeah, it's just satire, you know. It must be pretty good because it it upset a lot of people, and it also a lot of people couldn't tell like whether it was satire or not. Mm, okay, okay. Ah, it's a very interesting situation. And there, there's a question here: um, Are you a writer track as a teacher? That's what was the question asked. A writer track? Yeah, as a teacher. Like, are you really a writer that's just a teacher? Are you a teacher that's really a writer? Like, that that kind of a question. That's what was asked in the comments. Well, I mean, I've, I've always written, so I guess I was a writer before I was a teacher. I don't really see. I teach writing, too, so I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, are okay. you talking about, like, I mean, I know there's some people that they're fortunate enough where they can just write like all the time i actually have done that too i took off like a few years just to write which was a lot of fun but um yeah i mean i, I don't know i don't know if i understand the question i mean I, i've always have written so i don't i don't i don't see really how it's a, a big difference if i can right. like no, sell I, I it yeah i mean anyone could be a writer i mean you know i, I think uh people that uh that want to ride yeah, i think it's a good therapeutic outlet you know at least for me it is um i'm, I'm more of kind of a introvert anyway so um that's what i do i mean some people play golf or i don't know bowl no. but that's yeah. kind of my hobbies that's like a hobby i guess but it's just something i enjoy so i don't nah, i get you week. on that no, I feel you on that. I know for me, because um, I, I thought of writing just because I used to see my dad write stuff on a piece of paper. So it was more like, okay, I don't know what he's doing, why he's doing it, but I'm going to just do the same and see where the hell it goes. And that's pretty much how it started for me right there. Um, so, um, oh, crap, I hate when, I, I hate when it's, this happens. I'm sorry, give me a second. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so with my dad, um, pretty much, that was the beginning aspects of why I started writing. So when you write your poems, right, like you look back at them, um, do you ever wonder sometimes like, oh, wow, like I wrote that? Like if you have moments like that, do you have pieces like that that, um, that made you wonder, wow, like did I really write this? Yeah, all the time. I've written thousands of poems. I don't even remember like half, probably, I mean, I don't even I'll go back and look at it. Like, oh, this one's pretty good. Maybe I'll submit this one. Or I didn't think this one was that good. So, yeah, a lot.
of the stuff I wrote, like, probably early on, I thought, oh, this is not that good. But, yeah, a lot of stuff I just forget about in general, so. Right. And then your pieces, right, are they inspiration? Um, no, no, I'm Yeah, no, um, wait, you're, you're fading out a little bit. Sorry about that. Um, so my question also is um, that your inspirations in your poetry, right, is it more of a society thing or is it more of a personal thing? Um, probably a little of both. I mean, I like to look at, you know, things in society okay. and write about that. So maybe a, a, a combo of both, maybe. I mean, I, I really don't know, like, what it's going to be to I'll write it, so... It could be anything. Mm. It's just when I start writing, then the point like comes out. So, got you, got you. I might so have I an idea. Feel... So yeah, yeah. No, all right. Um, I did have a request. Um, somebody asked if you could read, uh, read another piece for us. Read another piece, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, this one's called War, and it was published in. Gray Sparrow Journal, uh, and it says, wars go on with broken hearts, and nowadays a dream is tough to find. But as for nightmares, they're giving those away for free. Living is the only thing better than death. It beats love with none in return. Wow. Wow. I, wow. You know what's interesting? I love what you said. Nightmare is given away for can you repeat that again one more time because that really caught my attention that really um wow yeah uh wars go on with broken hearts and nowadays a dream is tough to find mm. but as for nightmares they're giving those away for free wow i love that wow that is very deep um oh, dreams you. are hard to find it's so true because right we everybody talks about the american dream you can accomplish this but then to get to the dream and to get inspired to create a dream to fulfill the dream it seems to be a very difficult thing right and then as far as nightmares it's so true because you know I, i'm being metaphorical here because nightmare like like when you're going through a tough time that seems to be more free than anything else right because we try to find freedom in our nightmares to get to a dream that we want to get achieved but it seems like some things have to get worse to get better but it seems like it's getting more worse before it gets better and i guess my question is um why do you think that is like in your in your honest, there's no like right or wrong answer, but like why do you think that is? Because it, it seems like it's becoming more and more apparent these days that it's more bad than it is good in life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the times we're living in. I mean, especially you know what's happened the last like uh, two or three years. But um, then again, like some. Somebody's nightmare might be somebody else's dream, so it might just depend on how you look at it. Right. I think with like that line, to me, it's like we well, never really have to buy like a nightmare. You know, <laughs> everybody's got something that they deal with. So, yeah, I think it's probably uh, maybe just the society we live in, uh, depending on whatever your take is on that. 
but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting kind of image uh, because a, a lot of people have dreams, but you know, uh, they may not it may not work out like how they thought. I think that you can say that about a lot of, a lot of people. So. Okay. And there was a question here. It says, no, not a question, but more of a comment. It says, you tend to walk with a strong masculine tone. Is that fair to say about your tone? That's what the question was. Uh, as far as like the writing tone? Yes, uh, both. Yeah, I would probably say so just being a, a male myself. So that's just how, how I write. I mean, a lot of the stuff... I write is uh, probably a lot of image. I think that one good thing about poetry is you don't necessarily have to take it like literal. You know, if you take yeah, a lot true. of stuff, like a lot of stuff literally, like, oh, this is really like uh, like offensive or, you know, I, I, I want to write something where maybe it causes people to think about it. And I talk about that all the time, like at school. I'm like, you know, if you can critically think, that's going to put you ahead of like a lot of people. Um, right. You know, kind of take a step back and think about it before you decide to just go along with whatever you're told or what people expect you uh, to believe. Right. Right. And it's funny because when you talk about that, I did think about like Allen Ginsberg back in the day when it came to like the beat generation, because I know they were very countercultural with like how they were thinking and they wanted to go beyond what it, because they were, they were, it's like they were, they were used to a certain setting, a certain perspective and Allen Ginsberg's time, they were looking more about, okay, wait, but how, why are we always thinking on this? Why can't we talk about this other stuff? And it was all about the shushing part. And it seems like the beat generation was, the the bridge to the hippies era but i guess with, with that being said um i think that kind of paves the way for like let's say so people like us now where we can have a conversation like that regardless of how uncomfortable the conversation is and i think your piece definitely talks about that because that piece you just read actually constructed that's that's i i think that's a very thought-provoking conversation to have because just looking just just hearing what you said how you said it there's so many ways, so many directions you can take that. So I think that, that I feel like that's what really gravitates. That that's what really like wow, like wowed me with that piece. Um, so uh, we are actually. Do I do have another uh, another question? Um, do you have a favorite book or a poem or poet that you teach your students? That's a good one. Um. Yeah. Well. We do. I mean, we have to do certain things just from our, like, textbook, but I like, uh, I always teach Emily Dickinson, and I do, uh, like, The Raven by Poe. They they like that one just because it's more kind of Halloween-type stuff. Right. Um, so those are probably the main two, um, but I kind of throw in, like, some other stuff sometimes, too. I like, I like throwing a, like, William Blake poem, like, uh, the Garden of Love is probably one of my favorite poems by him. And then I have him, like, try to interpret it. Uh, and, I mean, that poem's, like, probably my favorite poem ever just because of the the imagery. And, uh, yeah, we do that. And then I, they like a lot of the hip-hop and rap stuff. So I'll let them, like, okay, you can do a freestyle poem, but you got to, you know, uh, 
you got to kind of break it down and like throw in a few of the elements we talked about. Yeah, they like any kind of music, that type of stuff. You know, poetry is basically like song lyrics too. So yeah, it's a challenge though. You know, because a lot of them are like, oh, I don't like to read poetry, but a lot of times you you relate it to like some music they like, then they get a little more interested in it. So right, okay. So it's all about what what you have to do to get them interested in what it is that you're teaching. Yeah, that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have something yeah. like you gotta have something that they are interested in. I mean, um, if you're just reading like uh, you know old English uh, romantic poets from the book, they're gonna be bored out of their mind. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just you gotta you gotta have something digital, something they can something they can do, you know, uh, that they're, they're interested in for the most part. And then, then like, you know, some of the, some of them are like, Oh, I think I like poetry. And that's kind of cool to maybe get them, you know, interested in reading a little more in depth type work, I guess. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. As far as like, like, uh, like books, uh, like for me personally, I like, a lot of writers but um so i think dickinson's good for that because her poems are pretty short but she's got a lot of imagery and uh, a lot of thought provoking things in there yeah so yeah. no definitely definitely um there was a question and actually i was going to ask that question too um have you ever showed your students any of your works just out of curiosity because a lot of poets i've talked to their teachers they don't bring their works or their work their pieces into their stuff um like work especially when it comes to teachers um do you like have you shown any of your stuff to your students i i i give them a point i wrote like and then i let the, I want to see what they think about it, but I don't tell them like I wrote it, you know, like maybe till the end, end and then they're like, oh my gosh, you wrote that. And I'm like, yeah, but I wanted to see like what their interpretation of it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Like one of the poems uh, I give them is called the uh, Gills. I wrote that. It was in the Common Line Journal. So that's usually the one I, I use. Uh, to show them that and then I want to see what they think about it uh, first because a lot of the stuff like some of the references they don't get but then I'm like well what did you think about the poem what do you think it's really like about right. and then at the end right. and I'll say oh by the way like I wrote it and then they're always kind of surprised by that so wow okay that's cool yeah. that you can somehow use that okay that's cool that's cool so how we are um, pretty much towards the end, and I always ask everybody this question, um, but also I just want to say thank you for, you know, joining us. Uh, no problem, it's, it's, I appreciate uh, it. It's been fun talking about this stuff. Nah, no doubt. I really appreciate it. Uh, so my last question to you is, what? okay, so once we all pass on, we're not in this world anymore. Um, what would you like, like, what would you hope to leave behind? What impact you hope to, you know, fulfill that after you pass on, they hear your name? Like, what do you, what would you like people to remember you by? Um, well, I'm, I don't know if it's that important, but, like, I think you can have an impact, like, on people. I mean, that's essentially people that are left. I think as far as, like, me, 
whatever within teaching, I probably thought like I've taught probably thousands of kids to read. So I think mm. if you can if you can do that, then you give them a chance. You know, a lot of the kids that I teach are new to the country or they don't know English, and so those are always the fun ones to me because a lot of those type kids want to learn. So uh, I guess that's just kind of the impact you have on people. Um, and not necessarily, you know, uh, in a work setting, but just in general, because right. uh, you know, nobody's perfect. But I think, you know, you try to do the right thing and uh, and uh, you learn. That's what I tell my students, too. You know, everybody makes mistakes. You just have to try to learn, uh, learn from it and get better, you know. Oh, amen. I, Wow. You couldn't have said it any better, man. I really appreciate that. Wow, man. Uh, so, um, Tom, thank you so much again for saying yes to us. Uh, again, despite the technical difficulties, we managed to make it work. So, thank yeah, you so thank much. Thank you, guys. Keep in touch. And uh, I, I always like to hear some Jersey type stuff, too. So, yeah, <laughs> I just well, got that. So. <laughs> I actually, uh, I like Jersey. I had me a Jersey pork roll. I had a, uh, Scott's dad, dad took me out because everybody else slept till like 2 p.m. at their house at that time. Uh, okay. <laughs> so his dad was super cool. And so he, he would take me out and show me the Jersey, uh, the real Jersey. Right. So. Wow. So was a lot you know, yeah, because you know, so I've only lived in Jersey for five years. Cause I'm originally from New York, um, okay. Bushwick section, and then '05 I nice. moved to Williamsburg. But like I seen since the time I you know lived in New York and then transitioned to New Jersey, I noticed the difference in culture. Big difference in culture. It's so different. The foods are different. The perspectives are different. And like I've learned so much since I've been in Jersey, how much of a difference it is. And I think the main difference I'm gonna say in New York, there's a lot of noise. If that makes sense, it's very yeah. noisy. It's very nose noisy. It's very loud. And now I understand why they say it's a city that never sleeps. I I get it now because where I live, I live in Bayonne, and. Uh, it is like stupid quiet, right? So in the daytime, you have some ruckus here and there, but it's never anything drastic. But then nighttime comes, everything is just pitch black. And it's like, like what is going on? I'm not used to this whatsoever. Um, right. I did yeah. have a request, um, even though um, I was about to end the live, but there is a question. Give us, a, give us some dirt on Scott's dad, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well i only met him one time but he's uh they're italian and he's a great guy he was a, a firefighter uh in new york city and uh he was at 9 11 uh as well and scott could probably tell you more about that but uh yeah his whole family was super cool uh to me so that was a, a fun trip unfortunately like Scott's dog got really sick, and uh, we had to come back uh, for that. But his dog Dolly at that time was an uh, uh, amazing dog. I can't believe that uh, she survived that. And then being as old as his dog was, I think yeah, she lived like I don't know three or four more years. So yeah, but um, no, he's he's uh, super cool, and uh, they're just good people. I mean, I had a lot of fun being from Texas. Uh, most people in Texas are pretty friendly too. So, uh, 
yeah, it, it was a good trip. So I'm very blessed uh, to to have a great family. So yeah, I think that, that that's a rarity today uh, yeah. for a lot of people. So big rarity. Oh my God, you could have not said that any better. That's so true, man. For real. <laughs> oh man. And those are the ones you have to like. You know, you have to hold on to and you just don't take for granted, you know. So, yeah. So, again, um, Tom, again, thank you so much for just joining us tonight. Um, well, I want to ask you all a question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you a writer yourself? I, I consider myself a writer for sure. And I feel like once I have that pen into paper, all bets off. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm very transparent. I'm very um, straightforward for the most part. I'm more of, I won't tell you how I feel. I'll show you how I feel kind of guy in my pieces. That's usually how I write. But I definitely consider myself a writer. I feel like I'm a writer first and then I'm a poet. Okay. I'm more like, I, I'm going to throw a pun at Angela, but I like to let the thoughts out, <laughs> if that makes sense. And yeah, then, that's, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Well, it's been fun talking to you yeah. guys. Y'all need something, get in touch. If you get down to Texas, let me know. Yeah, well, my brother lives in Texas, actually. He lives okay. in Fort Worth. Oh, I, I lived in Dallas. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I lived in Dallas 16 years. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So, um, Tom, thank you so much. Service and night. Thank you, and thank, guys. thank you so much for doing this. Um, sure. Service and night. Thank you, everybody, for that joined us.